0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It took me a minute to find the theme song. Here it is. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Okay. Uh, wow. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Steve Ribeiro, here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, you know, for, for our longtime listeners know, we've all, like, the one silver lining about losing is, you know, we would all, always have great shows after losses, and we'd come in hot, be some of our best episodes. And I've always said we're at our best after a loss, and I regret every one of those statements after what are we at four straight losses?
2: <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. But uh you know, it's maybe a slice of humble pie.
1: Yeah, but humble pie sucks.
2: I never said it tasted good, bro.
1: <laughs> I don't want any. <laughs>
2: It's like it's like the fruit cake that nobody wants, but you get anyway,
1: but uh, it's like it, it, it's not like Shaw McVeigh and Aaron donald have to stay for dinner after the humble pie like they can get up and leave and and not have to deal with the the mess that people are making here
2: yeah, that's true and and if we're looking at this realistically, it's going to be something that's going to be looked at and talked to death about the entire offseason. I am not looking forward to
1: that. Give me – uh, not not a topic we need to dwell on right now. Yes or no, are these players playing are, – are these people playing next year? I was going to ask about Stafford, but let's save Stafford. Is, is Sean McVay the coach of this team next year? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Is Aaron Donald on the team?
2: I think so. I I think that he'll probably flirt with the idea of possibly retiring. Um, but, like, I think it'll be a lot like this past year where he'll talk about it and he'll be about it, but in reality, he's going to be on the team. I, I don't think there was any moment last year where I was nervous that Aaron Donald was gonna actually retire.
1: Well, yeah, because the team was set up to run it back and and now look at us. I'm like I'm like seventy-five percent on Aaron Donald and I'm like ninety-seven percent on Sean McVay. I think he's way too competitive to go out like this.
2: No, I and that's how I see Aaron Donald also The difference kind of with Aaron Donald, and that's why he's maybe a a lower percentage than Sean McVay, is that there's really nothing left for Aaron Donald to prove. He's already proved that he's one of the best defensive players to ever lace up a pair of cleats. And he has a Super Bowl ring to go along with that. So what's there left to do? Not a whole lot. But I do think that Aaron Donald was very serious about you know finishing his contract with the Rams, whether they suck or not, uh, he's hoping that there'll be plenty of changes, uh, you know, going into twenty twenty three, and hopefully we can stay healthy as well. That's that's another big thing.
1: Yeah, I, well, and I think the difference for Aaron Donald is well, there's like two things. The prevailing factor is like. I think, as you mentioned, he's competitive, he wants more, um, and he has much bigger of a financial incentive to stay than Sean McVay because Sean McVay could call Amazon or whoever and say, you pay me the same contract and I'll come and they'll come. But Aaron Donald doesn't have a route to make $30 million next year, but you're all it's also a lot more taxing physically to play football than coach it. So I I wouldn't be floored if he retired, but I think I'd be surprised. I'd be really shocked if Sean McVay left. These are <laughs> the conversations you love to have after week eleven when you're defending your Super Bowl title. Um it's been a fucking crazy day We're recording this Tuesday night. Before we get to the actual stuff around the game, talk about the big news of the day. The Rams cut Daryl Henderson and Justin Hollins today. So if you needed confirmation that they are giving up, I mean, this is it, right?
2: It's certainly up there. I mean, I was really shocked to see at least one of them. I mean, if we're being honest, Justin Hollins hasn't really done much of anything this year. Uh, which is a shame because he looked really promising last year, a- at least when he was healthy. Uh, but this year he hasn't really done a damn thing. So it doesn't shock me per se. Um, Daryl Henderson, on the other hand, is a bit of a shock, uh, but not really when you understand why he was released.
1: Well, who plays instead of Justin Howland's? Because he has been... Played a lot this year. He has not been great, you know. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is one of the worst moves Les Snead has ever made. I think it's a, it's fine. You want to give younger guys a look, but like who who are getting these looks?
2: I imagine it's going to be a mixture of Terrell Lewis, maybe a couple of other younger guys, but I imagine Terrell Lewis will probably get the bulk of it. And to be yeah, fair, he's... I feel like. Since Terrell Lewis has stood healthy, that's kind of why the Rams are kind of want to focusing their attention because not that Terrell Lewis has had a stellar season either because he hasn't, but um, this is going to be a guy that the Rams are going to have to approach at some point and say, should we keep him on this team? We already knew going into this, uh, you know, as we already knew after like the season, you Know progressed a little bit that Justin Hollins likely didn't have a spot next year. Um, and uh, judging by what we've seen, I it, it doesn't surprise me that he was caught,
1: but but um, like with Tara Lewis, he's already playing right, so like, who, who are the guys that need a look that you feel confident? cutting Justin Hollins. I mean I think for both of these guys good for them uh <laughs> they will get picked up and in the case of Daryl Henderson he will play somewhere else but like get yeah, like I just with Daryl Henderson like th- we and we can talk about the guys who are going to replace him in a second I, I I get it in that sense you want to give other guys a look and if Daryl Henderson's there the conversation is always gonna be why aren't you playing Daryl Henderson and when your season is over, which we all know it is, uh, the Rams would probably have to win out to make the playoffs. And we play the fucking chiefs this week on the road. So <laughs> you do the math with Daryl Henderson. It's like, yeah, you want to see Kieran Williams and Cam Akers. And if he's there, he's going to become unhappy. Fans are going to become unhappy that he's not playing. It's just, it makes sense for everyone. Both these guys are at the end of their contracts. They're not fucking bringing Daryl Hyndman back, so it makes sense for everyone once you think about it for a little bit. But I, <laughs> I was take I like gasped when I saw this notification today. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I
2: uh, yeah, it, it was it was surprising uh, in a way, but I, I don't know. Like I just I think that in a way it's kind of a good thing for all parties as well because clearly, you know, both these players weren't exactly, you know, killing it on this team. Uh, Daryl Henderson basically wanted out, so that makes sense. But um, as far as Justin Hollins is concerned, it's like he wasn't really doing much. So the Rams could ideally look at other players. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. Uh, Daniel Hardy could, could uh, come in, right?
1: Yeah, I guess he could come back because um, I was looking at their depth chart and there's, like, nobody behind Terrell Lewis. So, yeah, I, I guess Hardy could come back, and that's definitely a guy they want to see. Um, maybe they grab some guys off the garbage heap or the practice squad and give him a shot because, yeah, I guess it's, like, I think it's kind of weird to cut Hollins because unless he was, like, a disgruntled guy, which would be shocking. They don't really have a reason to be. I, I just like, I feel like it's better to have him around. I don't know, but it doesn't really matter. This is like not, not something that's going to shatter the team.
2: Not really. The, the biggest, the biggest uh, thing was losing Daryl Henderson. Yes. And no. Also, because while in both of our opinions, I would say, uh, Daryl Henderson was the best running back the Rams had this season, and I, I don't think there's any question about that. I, agree. but at the, yeah, at the same time though, it's like clearly Sean McVay and Liam Cohen just didn't really value him for one reason or another. I I couldn't begin to even tell you why that is because again, out of all of the running backs the Rams have had so far. He's had the most potential, but has never really gotten the opportunities. And it's not like he didn't have uh, a reason to have opportunities either. Uh, I mean, you even had Cam Akers at one point not playing because he wasn't happy there. And you. it was like they were still hesitant to use Daryl Henderson, even going out and starting guys like Ronnie Rivers, who's not even part of the team anymore. So, yeah, it, it it's baffling how the whole running back situation has been handled. And it, it's a little alarming, too, because um, when you think about it, yeah, we got Cam Akers back. It, it took a lot of, you know, persuading and essentially uh, Sean McVay, like, begging uh, Cam Akers to come back, which is odd because it's not like he's been tearing up the field also So it's just the entire running back situation has been a big mystery in and of itself. And again, we've kind of sort of given the benefit of the doubt considering that the offensive line is just beyond recognizable anymore. Uh, But still like, it's it's not a good sign it's not a good feeling when you have basically your top two running backs disgruntled at one point or another maybe cam Akers isn't there anymore but at one point he was so something is wrong here something is not clicking here and that that is disturbing especially because these two were at one point figured to be a big part of this offense and now it's a question whether or not well, not, not so much Henderson. He's gone. But uh, it's a question whether Akers is going to be a future uh, player on this team also.
1: The Yeah, since the Rams drafted Daryl Henderson, they've drafted three other running backs and traded a fourth-round pick just so that they didn't have to play Daryl Henderson. Like, I don't know why they ever took him. You know, like, he he never really got that chance to be their lead back. And when he did, like— he looked fine, you know. Like I think he's certainly good enough to be a backup running back that plays like a lot. And so I don't know. It's all weird. The Cam Maker thing is even weirder that he outlasted Daryl Henderson this year. Here, here's my theory, Johnny. They're gonna trade up into the first round and draft a running back. Put it, put it on my fucking tombstone. This is what they're doing. They have drafted. As I mentioned recently, they drafted skill players in four out of the five drafts that Sean McVay has had a second round pick, or sorry, four out of five second round picks he's had. They've taken skill players. They've drafted a running back every year for the last four years. He clearly wants a fucking running back, okay? And the NFL teams are smart enough to not value running backs so much that they will draft them in the top 20 really anymore. If Bijan Robinson is there... In the 20s, where the Rams, who are probably going to have like the 35th pick, okay, Uh, they are going to have a high second-round pick. If they get into the range where the top running back is on the board, they are going to trade for him. Mark my words. This is not—obviously, I have no sources, but just based on what they've done, they are not drafting an offensive lineman. They're going to do some shit like this, and will it be the right move? Maybe. I don't know, but like believe me, if if the top running back is there in the twenties, I think they're going to do everything they can to try to up and get him, because Sean McVay misses Todd Gurley. He misses that version of Todd Gurley that was lighting the NFL on fire, and that's that's not what this office is missing. This office is missing a lot, but he has been missing that. And even last year, they won a Super Bowl. The offense looked good. There were times where it still looked like shit. And I think that's the core issue is that they haven't had an elite running back. And I think he really wants one and he's been trying to get one for years.
2: Well, you're right in, in, in every sense of that, because, uh, yeah, it was nice having, you know, essentially one of the best, if not the best running back in the NFL at that point. Um, and uh, I I think you would love nothing more than to, to get a similar running back to Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley was every sense of the word of a bulldozer. And, you know, it's hard to find these types of running backs. You know, e- even nowadays, you can really only count a handful of guys that are true bulldozer backs that can be your all-purpose back, that can... Uh, not only be, you know, just a typical running back, but could also be your receiver, could be your blocker. You know, that's, you know, losing Todd Gurley hurt a lot. And not just because of the fact that, you know, he's gone, but it's the fact that he he didn't really have the career that he could have had if his knees didn't give out, you know? And, uh, you know, absolutely, if you can, if the Rams could somehow swing a deal to get, uh, Robinson, or or you know, even guys like Jamar Gibbs. Um, I, I'm very par- partial to uh, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, but that's just the bias in me. But um, yeah, there's there's quite a few backs in uh, in the 2023 NFL Draft that the Rams could theoretically target. And um, as you mentioned, Steve, the running back situation is uh, so devalued at this point that the rams considering will probably have a very high second round pick uh considering they don't trade it away um you know that they can easily target one of these running backs and um maybe robinson may not be there at at their pick but certainly they'll have w- access to one of the top five running backs in, in the in the draft so um this is definitely going to be a good year for running backs, <laughs> and the fact that we're talking draft talk in week week uh, <laughs> week eleven, right? Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. I. I mean, this team it was so broken. Their offensive line was so broken, and they were offering their second, third, and fifth round picks for Christian McCaffrey, like. I have never been more confident. I have I am so confident that they're going to use that pick on a running back, whether it's trading up or drafting one. You could say, well, shouldn't they lose use an offensive lineman? Yeah, of course they fucking should. They're not going to. History tells us they're not going to. And honestly, I think, and I don't really know who's out there to say something like this, but I think they need to sign and trade for an anchor um, because there are... You know, everybody's hurt, so it's hard to grade. There are good linemen in the building. Not great. I don't think any of these guys are great. Uh, ha- ha- Havenstein is great sometimes, but they need they need another Andrew Whitworth. I know they're not going to get another Andrew Whitworth, but they need somebody of that mold that is going to lift the offensive line up, be that anchor, be the guy that's going to lead the unit on and off the field. Um, and... Yeah, if if somebody you think can do that falls into the 20s, maybe they will do it. I do think the best route is actually to sign somebody, and we'll see what happens. I don't know. They'll probably um, sign a receiver again with with all their cap space, knowing them.
2: I mean, just saying, Quentin Nelson is going to be available.
1: There you go. Thank fucking God the Panthers rejected our Brian Burns trade, dude. Thank God. (laughs) Because maybe –
2: it's it's amazing, actually.
1: I mean, maybe you trade that pick anyways next season for a Brian Burns-type player. You have to see the product on the field before you trade your 2024 first. You have to watch a couple games of this team and know that they're going to compete. Because it'd be real nice to have a probably top five draft pick this year that's going to go to the Detroit Lions. Yeah.
2: That's, yeah, that's that's another thing is, man, it would have been nice, but.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, it, it's one of those things, though, where we we talked about how we don't exactly we're not exactly thrilled about going after a running back each year. This year might be different though because you know we're, we're not sure what we're gonna be at with Cam Acres. Uh, if I had to guess, if he's on the team next year, he's not gonna be a starter. I I'm guessing that he's gonna be gone. Um, and that basically just leaves you with Kern Williams. So, yeah, you're going to need a running back and and a surefire running back. So the Rams could reach theoretically and get an offensive lineman. But it would be just that. You would basically have to hope and pray that your second round pick ends up a, a steal. Because gone are the days where you can draft a top tier offensive guard offensive guards are taken high now, you know, it's, it's not at that point anymore where the Rams could, you know, wait and, and grab, you know, a, uh, you know, a a top tier offensive lineman at guard, no, no more Roger Saffolds for sure, you know? Yeah. And, And that's, that's what it comes down to value. And as we already mentioned, there are plenty of big names, Uh, running backs that the Rams will have access to considering they don't trade up to get one
1: I think they will trade up to get one even though it's not against their MO I think well I think it depends what happens like you know some years Brees Hall doesn't go till 37 or whatever he went this year and some years Saquon Barkley goes two. assuming it's one of the years where like if if no running backs go in the top 20 they have the, they will have the capital to move up to get one. Like from, let's say they pick 38. If they, they can move up from 38 to 22. You know what I mean? And I think if those guys fall, they will aggressively pursue moving up for one. And, and if, if alignment of that caliber falls too, they'll probably do the same thing, but I think they're going to try and shore that up in free agency. You look at the running backs that are going to be available. Uh, it's insane. We're having this conversation. in November. Um, like, Saquon, he, he's getting franchised if he doesn't resign. No way he leaves. Um, then you're looking at, like, Josh Jacobs would be a great addition. I could see him getting franchised too. And then that's really the only other guy of that caliber. Then you're looking at, like, like Kareem Hunt, a guy I'm sure they'll pursue. And then you're looking at, like, Jamal Williams, Raheem Mostert, Rashad Penny, Um, you know, I, those are not the guys Sean McVay is looking for.
2: What about David Montgomery and Tony Pollard?
1: I don't think Tony, is Tony Pollard an unrestricted free agent?
2: That, I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure.
1: Oh, okay. There were guys that didn't show up on my list. Yeah. David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, um, Tony, Tony Pollard. Yep. Yeah.
2: I, I think oh, I'm good awesome. on the Singletary.
1: What about Singletary? You you take him?
2: No, no, I'm good.
1: <laughs> well, even, I, like, I'm somewhat of a believer in David Montgomery, but I just I, – I, I think they're going to try and go bigger. I, I But I think it depends what happens if they can get guys at other positions because, yeah, like, if you have money and you're not getting – the talent you need at other positions, yeah, sure, go go throw a c- six million at David Montgomery. Why not? Um, but I don't know. I, I honestly think he's gonna draft one.
2: Let's go, Saquon.
1: We're not gonna Saquon. There's no fucking way the Giants don't <laughs> keep him. No, nah, I, I agree. Especially with how, like, I can't. Well, I guess some running backs do get paid, so the franchise tag will probably be pretty high. But they're they're gonna franchise him if if he doesn't resign. Uh, that would be the dream, though. That would be fucking amazing. Um, well, let's talk about the, a little bit of the present. So, the Rams played the Saints this week. Uh, I bet on them. They lost twenty-seven to twenty. Another, you know, vintage Sean McVay. Let's cl- make it a little closer in garbage time type game. <laughs> um, you know, start with the. You want to do the good, the bad, or the ugly?
2: You mean that was good?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, (laughs) Butting Head's heads favorite, one of our favorite players on the team, Tutu Atwell, had his first career touchdown.
2: That is true. And, damn, was it – I mean, pretty much every aspect of that play was perfect, you know, from Tutu just getting out in the open like that to Matthew Stafford just throwing an absolute dime to him man that was that was literally probably the best play that we've seen all year offensively
1: i agree you know? it definitely was it was a great play it was uh it gave you a little confidence in Stafford's arm that we needed it was a perfect pass it was a perfect route by Atwell i mean this guy can do that and we're healthy scratching him like what do <laughs> you know how many snaps he played in this game
2: wasn't it something uh, minuscule like seven or eight?
1: He played seven snaps, and I, didn't, I think I saw uh, Cam from Williams, where I put this sound on a Twitter. He played seven snaps and blocked on six of them. <laughs> so this was his only route.
2: It, the bizarre thing about that is just picturing a guy like Tutu Atwell going out there to block.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lance McCutcheon played 10 snaps. Brandon Powell played 20 Um the have played forty-seven. This guy played seven. Yeah, the best play of the season, like you said. It's uh, it just the the decisions they're making on offense are just so fucking bizarre. It's just so weird. It is such a bizarre offensive season. And this is a game where, you know, as, as it might be pretty sad, probably one of their best offensive games of the season.
2: Oh, it was no I, question.
1: I mean, since what Atlanta.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I guess
1: it would be. Because yeah, I mean Carolina was pretty good, but that was a that was a defense, uh, that got the job done in that game.
2: Yeah, it was definitely was an offense.
1: Yeah. Um The running game looked pretty good, but I mean we just talked a shitload about that. I I think they're gonna play Kieran Williams a lot. He led the backfield this game in snaps. They're gonna see what they have there. I think clearly is what they want to do for these last couple of games.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. But, uh, I have to say though, I was really impressed with what I saw from both cam Akers and Williams. Yeah. This was um,
1: Akers best game of the year. No Not doubt. That it's saying anything, but it definitely was.
2: I, I was happy to see what I saw there. And maybe that's why it was kind of easier for them to just outright cut, you know, Henderson, because I guess they could have just held on to him disgruntled, but um, but yeah, Williams and and uh, and Acres were obviously the focal point at, at running back here. So I I'm you know I, I was a little bit happier with what I saw from them. Not that they had like a sharp, you know a huge game or anything, but uh, it was still nice to see considering everything. You know this is in consideration that we're running just absolute no name offensive linemen out there at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he he looked like a guy who could play, which he hasn't in a while. Um and to the offensive line's somewhat credit, they did well in run blocking for the most part. Pass protection is another story. Um but oh, we'll get there. Don't worry it. about that. <laughs> So, uh, before we get to the line, let's talk about Stafford a little bit. Well, not probably more than a little bit. So, he, he had a good game when he was out there, could have been better. He had some drops um, from his guys. Doesn't really matter. Story of the day is he has a concussion that he got in this game after going through concussion protocol two weeks ago to play in this game. Uh, I felt like this, and let me know if this is true or not. It felt like they were walking on eggshells and like wincing every time he got touched. Is, is that a fair read before even the injury? Uh,
2: yes, and and it makes sense. But it really, but does. so
1: if you're that concerned, why the fuck is he playing in this game? You are three and six. You are three and six, <laughs> and you're like getting nervous anytime he gets touched.
2: Yeah, I I I hear you. Uh and and I think I think you're right absolutely. Uh but I think part of the reason why um this cuz in the end, you know, one of the reasons why uh the NFL in general is walking on eggshells when it comes to concussion protocol, but especially with Stafford because he's obviously an investment that the Rams, you know, had all of last uh all of this past off season. so um you know he he's gonna be the quarterback for the next couple of years pending he doesn't retire.
1: yeah and that's that's just made that an actual possibility.
2: yeah, it, it absolutely is. and truthfully if if I'm Matthew Stafford and you know my if my body just feels like it's wearing down at this point, you know dude has enough money, he has the accolades he has a Super Bowl ring why does he need to continue to play you know his arm is you know feels like it's gonna fall off at any moment it seems like and you know now he's suffering concussion protocol there is life after football so um yeah i just if i'm him i, I would li- i would definitely take uh the time to really consider is it worth coming back next year and uh i hope he does because that'll really put the rams in a tough spot. Um but uh again, the, I would not blame the man if he decides to retire.
1: Yeah, and I think out of the three guys we talked about, I think he has the highest chance of not being here next year. Um there's no oh, yeah. way he there's no way he plays again this year, right?
2: If personally, if it's if it's my call, I'm just saying it's Bryce Perkins' time. You know,
1: yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, go ahead.
2: I, 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 we, we've kind of talked about this a lot the past, well, really past couple years. Uh, we talked about Bryce Perkins having a spot on this roster. They saved this spot, you know, could have had other players. And it's basically at the point, do you actually value him to the point where you think there's a future for him on this team, me personally, I do not think he is the future of this franchise. I, I don't. I, you know, I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that this guy uh, is worth holding on to, um, but I think he's just going to be that a backup quarterback. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I will gladly eat my fair share of crow on that one. But I just, I especially after seeing what we saw this past week. Um, yeah, he had a few plays here and there, but his value really just is being that dual threat quarterback. Other than that, he's really nothing special as a passer and it just becomes, uh, you know, a guy that's going to be a body there. Essentially, he's not really a guy that you would want to invest in in to become your future franchise quarterback. Just my take on the matter. Uh,
1: definitely not. Um and they won't. But I think there's something there. Like I don't I don't know how much is there, you know? And there's a difference between being a NFL backup and a quality backup. And true. I think it's worth finding out if he's a quality backup. Um because he obviously adds different wrinkles to your offense. It's pretty fucking embarrassing to sacked three times. Uh, if you watch him play, this is not a guy who should be getting sacked three times in the limited snaps he played. And that's not on him. <laughs> that's not on him at all. But it's, yeah, like, it's just not worth trotting Stafford out there again this year. With the injury no. history, the age, the wear and tear, um, the team being done. And the offensive line being what it is. You can't throw him back out there. You're just let's see what Perkins has. Maybe he is your backup long-term if Stafford comes back. Maybe he earns a job somewhere else. Maybe he just sucks, and then we'll find out. And we don't have to waste a third roster spot on him next year. But, yeah, <laughs> like, he's fun to watch. You know? Oh, he's no i I... He they did some stuff. They had a what was he out there for two drives? Three drives. Um is that even true? No, he was out there for four drives and they punted on two of them. Um but the last drive was not his fault. He was just getting obliterated.
2: Yeah, and a lot of that was when Nishki went went out, oddly enough. Uh
1: <laughs> Yeah. But <laughs> Well, oddly enough, yeah, I wonder, wonder why. Uh, the The first drive he played, 12 plays, 60 yards in six minutes. It ended in a field goal. Um, they'll probably have to figure out what to do in the short field with him when you get to the red zone, but listen, man, if Bryce Perkins is getting them to the red zone consistently, I don't fucking care what they do down there. Uh, we have a hard time as it is getting there. So that was a really fun drive, and then obviously – the script flips a little bit when Bryce Perkins is your quarterback and you're down double digits with nine minutes left in the game. You know, you can't, I, I, unfortunately, this is not the week I want to see it, but I am excited to see what a full game script of Bryce Perkins looks like. And I don't think they're going to play Wolford this week. They're definitely not going to play Stafford. Um, I, I'm, I, let me say this: I would rather watch Bryce Perkins run around on this shitty team than fear for Matthew Stafford's life in the pocket.
2: Oh no, question. So absolutely, I I think for for Stafford, we already know um, at, at this point. I, I think this is a, an extended preseason, uh, is what it's become. We're we're looking to see who's worth keeping uh, in 2023 because obviously there's got to be a lot of uh, spring cleaning, shall we say, during the off season um, to see, you know, what direction the Rams have to go to. And uh, part of it is, is, you know, actually getting guys out there and getting them uh, out there to play. And um you know, that includes guys like Bryce Perkins. He actually has an opportunity now um, to go out there see what he has. We know what we have in Matthew Stafford. It's just a matter of, you know, keeping him healthy for next year considering he doesn't retire.
1: And after spring cleaning, Johnny, they're going to realize that they're hoarders. And a lot of the shit in their house is fucking useless.
2: Hey, I'm guilty of that <laughs> shit myself. so um...
1: well, we don't run an NFL team.
2: I wish I did I'd be making a lot more money than I do now
1: that'd be nice Uh, it's only a
0: kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle
1: a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this Adidas So the offensive line played okay for them, all things considered. Um, And then Bobby Evans had to come in at tackle. And (laughs) we've learned that he's also – like, dude, how is he on the team?
2: That's a good question. There's literally only one explanation I can have in all of this, and that's that the Rams are so depleted at offensive line that losing basically a body at this point is like essentially losing a, a big chunk of your, your roster. And, and it's just so bizarre that the Rams have to cling on to Bobby Evans because basically, who else you got? You Anybody! Know? Anybody! Well, it, 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 pro- it proves that because they... They literally have started guys that were street free agents that haven't even been on the team.
1: Yeah, give over more him. of those. Like <laughs> how is this experiment still we have so much we have mountains of evidence that this has run its course. That like this is not a thing. He's bad. And like when we went through this with I hate to continue to drag this guy years later. When we had to play J- Jamil Denby briefly, I don't I was probably 2019. I don't remember exactly what season it was. And he started for like one one game and his pro football focus grade was like a 6 and they cut him. <laughs> because like that was it. Like at at some point you are not only being a bad football player, you're a liability to the guys you're bidding paid to protect. Like what what are we waiting for here? We're gonna cut Daryl Henderson, but not him like I, and I don't I don't want you to advocate for the guy to lose his job he seems like a fine guy um but like what are we what are we doing man you can't keep playing him even if he's your backup you ha put somebody else there like it can, I don't think it can get worse than this there's no way that somebody who is considered a borderline NFL player is gonna come in and with their one opportunity getting picked up off the street are gonna look worse than this.
2: Offensive linemen come to die in Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> My God man.
2: <laughs> oh man, it, it's just it's that bad. It's really that bad. And yeah, I mean it it may have to come to that where the Rams just may have to cut Bobby Evans and hope and pray that a street free agent has a lick of talent, uh, because it's very clear that Bobby Evans just isn't not It's not right for the Rams, uh, maybe for any team, but uh, <laughs> he's just he's not a good fit. Let's just leave it at that.
1: It's just it's time, man, and they're usually good from from moving on. guys who they're like well this is not it this is not gonna be a thing at all but man they they must love him off the field because there's nothing to like on the field and like it was he was bad in the preseason he made the team somehow the best thing for the rams would have been if they cut him then
2: yeah agreed and it still it still baffles me that he, he made the team somehow but
1: yeah, that's. Uh, so, all, all that stuff we just talked about, the offense, I, you know, they could have done a little better.
2: Frustrating, scored, frustrating.
1: Yeah, they scored 20 points. Um, and even with the garbage time point, there was 17. That being said, this game, this fucking game, dude, is 100% on the defense. You were playing against Andy motherfucking Dalton, like in his 30s. Like, his fifth team in five years or whatever. He goes 21 of 25. He, his passer rating is 149.6. 21 of 25 or 260 yards and three touchdowns. He had four incomplete passes. What the, what the fuck happened, dude? They look so bad. And it's all the secondary. Uh, and I guess the, the the linebackers, the inside linebackers, they're blamed for this, too, because they got three sacks. You know, he wasn't sitting back there all day consistently. Like, there was pressure. And they're just getting destroyed by Chris Olave, who's good, uh, a rookie, though. You know, this guy shouldn't be eating Jalen Ramsey's lunch, dude. Like, Juwan Johnson is scoring touchdowns on Jalen Ramsey. Jarvis Landry's making plays. Adam Troutman, David Johnson, Taysom Hill, Rashid Shaheed, Marcus Callaway. Nine players caught passes. And we are naming players like Adam Troutman and David Johnson, Johnny. David Johnson was just picked up off the street, okay? Like, what a fucking disaster. Uh,
2: I didn't know he was still playing.
1: <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't playing until this week. <laughs>
2: i was like when i saw that i was like huh i guess he is still playing
1: yeah he wasn't he just got signed
2: (laughs) ah man uh so my thoughts on the matter is you know usually the defense has been solid all season long uh for the most part and you know, we we kind of given them the benefit of the doubt, especially when the offense has struggled so much to the point where it just seemed like the defense was out there 24-7. Uh, this this week was no excuse. You know, uh, we had Jalen Ramsey talking about how offense just kind of failed the team, and he was right. But this week, he, he's got to eat a bit of crow because – Oh, my the, God, dude.
1: He looked fucking cooked. He yeah. looked so bad.
2: And, and I get it. This this season is, is lost. There's no question. I don't think there's anyone that believes that the Rams can bounce back. I don't even know if it's even possible. But um, I don't think anyone is fooling themselves into thinking that they can bounce back and and recover the season. But – Still you're you're not making a case for yourself when you're when you're losing this badly to the Saints. You know? You have
1: you have three Hall of Famers on your defense and you're getting roasted by Andy Dalton. Like yep. it is just embarrassing. And I, I think some of it's on scheme and they're running so much zone and it's so teams are predictably adapting to it but they can't run man because their players are so bad yep like i i don't know like we'll we'll see like what we get long term out of like darian kendrick and um kobe durant but like the the troy hill return has not done anything um david long is is awful taylor rapp is awful um,
2: he's the biggest one.
1: And he's been bad for a long time. And it's been a hard pill to swallow because he had a pretty promising rookie year. And by all accounts, it's a great person. He has been bad for a while. Um, Nick Scott's like, all right. But like, we're going to sit say, here saying Nick Scott's the second best player in the secondary. Like, it's not going to get it done. And when. What like ninety percent of your budget for your secondary is going to one player when they can't be this bad against a bad receiving court. Again, Olave is good, okay, but like Jalen Ramsey should be able to handle him, and he's not. He he was getting destroyed.
2: I. It's it's upsetting because I think that they are a lot better. Than what we've seen. Um part of me just thinks that they just gave up, particularly Jalen Ramsey. Uh and that's that's not what you want to see in your superstar, you know? Uh it, it, it's not all on him, of course. You know, we we mentioned about uh Troy Hill, we mentioned about uh, you know, David Long. Both of these guys have been really disappointing. But yeah, you need. This is the time where you want your leaders to step up, and I feel like he just hasn't. And uh, mind you, it's it's one game, but still, you, if you're gonna talk trash one week and then do horrendous the next, you're not helping your cause either.
1: Yeah, and like, I, I get how you come out a little deflated last week, but. Two weeks in a row is that's not being deflated. That just means you're bad. It just means you're a bad team and a bad defense. And it would have been nice to get somewhat of a get right game before we get sent to the shadow round by the Chiefs, but like we didn't. And this was a very winnable game. The offense didn't turn the ball over once, and we gave up 27 points to Andy Dalton. uh
2: the more you bring up Andy Dalton the sadder I get
1: <laughs> i mean this is uh this is the most points they've scored since in like four weeks last yeah. time was a, a 42 forty four forty two thirty four loss to the cardinals Oof. yikes it's it is brutal uh it's brutal have you looked at the, the betting line for this week's game?
2: I have not, but I, I wish I was in Vegas still <laughs> so I can bet on this game.
1: Give me a guess. Give me a guess of how many points you think they're they're giving the Chiefs.
2: If I had to guess, I would say about 13.
1: That was a good guess. The Rams are 14.5-point underdogs to the Kansas City. Oh, okay. State. I wasn't too far off. No, you were very close. That was a good guess. They are this is the first time they've played since that epic battle twenty eighteen. Johnny was there. Monday night football, one of the maybe the greatest regular season NFL game of all time, although that Vikings Bills game gave it a run for its money last week, two weeks ago.
2: It was it was pretty epic.
1: And so let me let me pose a question. The Chiefs are fourteen and a half point favorites. Let's say day of the game. Patrick Mahomes eats a breakfast burrito. It goes down wrong. He gets food poisoning. He's out. Chad Henney starts the game for the Chiefs. Do they still cover? Because they sure as hell still fucking win.
2: Would, I would think that they still cover.
1: Th- they cover. I would bet the line of whatever the adjusted line is once they account for Chad Henney playing. And I would still bet the Chiefs to slaughter us. Um Bryce Perkins is probably going to be starting. Like, I'm excited to see him play, but I, I, you know, I wish, well, I wish Matthew Shepard just wasn't concussed. But you know, I wish we were playing anyone else. We played the Seahawks the following week. <laughs> not, a, not a great first career start. Uh, they are going to get crushed. It's pretty depressing. I don't think we've ever walked into a Rams podcast thinking that they were going to get blown out since we started this. Like blown out. Um I I do not think this is going to be even a remotely competitive game.
2: No. I but to be honest with you, I kind of want to find a place to bet and bet on the Rams just because that like that 0.001% chance they win, that's going to be a hell of a payout.
1: I don't know. I think it's burning money. Maybe I'll do it.
2: I kind, I kind of want to because, you know, that, you know, that's so, you know, typical and just, you know, the, that sort of phrasing that you hear every now and again that gives you a little bit of hope in any given Sunday. <laughs> Cliché or not.
1: I don't know, dude. We just I I gotta
2: I gotta say it, man. Any given Sunday,
1: Steve. We just got cooked by <laughs> arguably and there's a strong case for it, the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh well, no, there's not. Okay. Second worst. Second worst <laughs> arguably starting quarterback in the NFL. Zach Wilson uh cemented that crown last week. And we're about to play Um arguably through the beginning of however many years he's played, the greatest quarterback ever. So, you know, <laughs> life is good. <laughs> life, is, life is good. You know, we won a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to predict the Chiefs win this game 34-10. to 10.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to predict the, the Chiefs to win. Um, I'm going to say...
1: to Not even a point of previewing the game. (laughs) What are we going to preview? What can the Rams do to win this game? Uh, Find God. I don't know.
2: Uh, Maybe they'll miss the bus. (laughs) They just automatically forfeit.
1: Put um, something in the Chiefs' food that will make them sick for approximately six hours and then be perfectly healthy after. You know, maybe that'll I, do it. I Even then, it like, was... the whole team could have the flu. I'd still pick the Chiefs to win this game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that's so terrible. I didn't think we'd get to this point. I, I think the last time we we were at this point was back in, like, the Steve Spagnuolo era.
1: I mean, it was nah, – no, it was, it was 2016 for sure. Yeah, I guess. And hopefully it'll be another, like, blip like that. Because I I can't imagine. Even, you know, I, I, I think that they could bounce back and be a playoff team next year, even if they're not. I can't imagine they're this bad. No. Like, no, no I... With Sean McVay as your coach, I can't imagine it ever gets worse than this.
2: Unless Snead is your general manager.
1: Yeah, un- unless it's by design. Like, unless we lose Ramsey, Donald, blah, 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 the same year, and they're like, okay, let's take a year rebuild i don't know um yeah let's end on a somewhat positive note and talk about the quickly because we can do a deep dive on this in january when our off season starts (laughs) um the hall of fame finalists were announced for or semi-finalists for the hall of fame class of 2023 i'm gonna read them quick Eric Allen, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Ronnie Barber, Anquan Bolden, Henry Ellard, Jahari Evans, London Fletcher, Dwight Farini, James Harrison, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Torrey Hall, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Robert Mathis, Darrell Revis, Steve Smith, Fred Taylor, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Heinz Ward, Demarcus Ware, Ricky Waters, Reggie Wayne, Vince Wilfork, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson. Hearing those names, Johnny, do you think... It's Torrey Holt's year, finally?
2: If it's not Torrey Holt's year,
1: I'm going to be awfully pissed. I will be mad based on this list. I'm going to be pissed if another wide receiver gets in because I think he is the guy on this list for sure.
2: Well, there there are some great names on this list, don't get me wrong, and uh, a good majority of these uh, players do deserve to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at some point, but how it's taken so long for Tory Holt to get in is beyond me. So I'll be, I'll, I i don't even care who's, who's, you know, uh, placed into the hall of fame. If Torrey Holt doesn't get in at this point, it's just, th- there's something wrong there. Something needs to be adjusted.
1: Well, something's been wrong. Um, you know, last year was pretty insane. And I think, this year's class might even be a little a little stronger um but of those first so the first ballot guys um i lost the page that i had up there it is the first ballot guys are jahari evans joe thomas dwight farini james harrison and darrell Revis. i think so, like, Revis, I feel like, probably is a first-battle Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's, like, a Stone Cold Lock first-battle Hall of Famer. Um, I think it's probably the same in the sense of I thought DeMarcus Ware would be a first-battle Hall of Famer last year, and he wasn't, and so he's probably going to take up one of these spots this year. And I feel like Revis is kind in the same boat.
2: I, I think Daryl Revis is certainly going to be a guy that gets into the Hall of Fame really quickly, but I don't know if I would say he's a first ballader. Um, I think you could make that argument
1: for a guy like James Harrison. I don't know. I think, I think Revis before Harrison personally. Really? Oh, well I That's think Revis, like at his, at his peak, he was one of the best cornerbacks to ever play. And he had a pretty lengthy career, you know, wasn't short. wasn't like uh, 12 Davis type stuff. I feel I feel like he should be in. Um, I personally would bank on him and Demarcus Ware taking up two of those spots, and then I don't think there's any locks after that. You know, Joe Thomas had a good career. I don't think by any means he's a he should be first ballot. But then there's guys like Torrey Holt, like Zach Thomas should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's been sitting on the ballot a long time too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. I I think. This is Tory Holt's ninth time as a semifinalist. So I think the longer you sit around, the the higher your likelihood goes up. Whereas in baseball, I feel like it's kind of the opposite. Um, because they induct, five, they induct five guys every year. And I'm sure the voters are like, yeah, he's going to make it. Um, but they just keep putting players ahead of him. And I think the receivers to just try and run through them off the top of my head. Anquan Bolden, Henry Ellard, another, you know, long disrespected guy here. Um, Devin Hester doesn't really count. Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Heinz Ward, Reggie Wayne. I think Torrey's got the best case. And outside of Reggie Wayne, I think he has a much better case than everyone else. And I think he'll still get in before Reggie. Based on just how many years he's been on the ballot. I think they have similar cases.
2: Uh, I'll be pissed if Reggie Wayne gets in before him.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, well we'll we'll go through this debate later. Uh lightning question. Do you think Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Agreed.
2: Yeah. I, I think that uh he he was definitely one of the more special huh, special teamer. Um but yeah, i I mean he's gonna be looked upon as the guy you go to for a return specialist and all around just a great player to have on your team, so absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean he's the best kick returner of all time. If you're the best all time at your position, with the possible exception of long snapper, you should be in the Hops. I
2: I mean Jake McQuaid could be considered that, Steve.
1: <laughs> uh, what a guy. Um I decided I'm not going to play the outro music until they win another game. <laughs> they are not worthy of we the might, outro music. We might not play it until September. <laughs> um, Preseason doesn't count. They'll win. They'll win another game this year. I just don't know when. After this week, this week. uh, Last week, what did we say? I think you said seven wins. I said maybe six. After this week, what's your prediction for the Rams? Five. Yeah, I... I think it might be four, but I'm going to say five because I don't want to be that depressed.
2: (sighs) Excuse me as I go raid my liquor cabinet.
1: (laughs) Okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.